Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Books, Bites, Booze, the podcast. If you're new here, I'm Madison. Hey everybody, I'm Alexis. And on this episode, we are jumping into our discussion on Malibu Rising by Taylor Jenkins Reid, which I'm loving so far. Oh my gosh, absolutely obsessed. I've been so excited to read this one and it's definitely not letting me down so far. If you haven't read it, I highly suggest that you read before you listen to our episode because we're definitely going to be giving some spoilers. Oh, yes. We're going to be breaking it down, having all the conversations. And I'm honestly so excited. This I feel like I've been behind the times because I've never read a Taylor Jenkins read book and she is all the hype right now. Yeah, I read a couple of her other ones. Um, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo is like one of my favorites. And um, I have Daisy Jones and the Six on my to-read list, but I haven't read it yet. But it's definitely uh, on my list, especially because I'm loving this one so much. Yes. And if you're listening and you're in the process of reading the book, we stopped at page 150. So that's what we're going to be covering in this episode. Yeah. And it's like a couple chapters before the party starts, I think. Um, But it's where like the first big kind of twist or moment happens, I guess, (laughs) that we'll talk about later. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel like so much drama has already happened. Yeah, seriously. But before we get into our discussion, we are going to give you our cocktail recipes that we're drinking. So what are you drinking, Alexis? Okay, so today I am celebrating the last little bit of summer that we have left. You know, we're in the middle of August, we're getting to September, and those summers in Alabama are always so crazy, and we never know if it's going to be boiling hot for the rest of the summer or if it's going to be like it is now, where it's raining literally every other day. So I am drinking some nice rosé wine today, Trader Joe's. It's the Shaw one. Um, It's like $4.00. But yeah, it's the Charles Shaw Rosé. And I'm pretty sure I've had it on the podcast before, but it's always been one of my staples. I love it. Yeah. No really big recipes, but a good bottle of wine. Yeah, no, that's as long as it's a cocktail, we don't care. Or or a glass of wine, a drink, whatever. Alcoholic, (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I don't know if I told you we're getting a Trader Joe's like right down the road from me. And oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait till it opens. Because I feel like you're always given like Trader Joe's stuff. So I I can't wait. Love it. I actually, me and my roommate Bethany went yesterday and it's so good. I always get the chunky guacamole with Greek yogurt. And I know that sounds so weird. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll get it. And anybody else, like, send me your favorite things from Trader Joe's. I don't think I've ever been in a tri- Trader Joe's, honestly. It's, it's not like your average grocery store. Like, they definitely have more of an eclectic, like, get source of stuff. I don't know exactly how to describe it. But, like, I got chicken shawarma and... Greek yogurt, guacamole, and like mochi for like to keep in the freezer for dinner, like little after dinner desserts. Like they just have all kinds of different stuff, all different cultures. A lot of it is organic and they have really good like food guides. So if you walk in and you're like gluten free, like I am, or you have a dairy sensitivity, they have lists where you can just walk in and it lists out every single thing that's gluten free or dairy free or any of those sensitivities. So Always raving about the Trader Joe's. Everybody go try it. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> I can't wait. 
I can't wait to go. <laughs> so I am drinking. Actually, I've made this drink for you before, Alexis. Oh. Um, at my apartment. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I already so, know what you're gonna talk about. <laughs> I'm simply giving this recipe because of the color, and it just reminds me so much of the color of the cover of Malibu Rising. Like the blue and the green and all that. <laughs> so this is actually called a snowball. And I think my mom named it that. So we can like totally change the name. Because it's definitely like a summery drink. Not like a wintery drink at all. But it's two shots of hypnotic. The blue like liqueur stuff. Two shots of pineapple vodka. And um, two shots of pineapple juice. And you shake it in a martini shaker with ice and then strain it in a glass of your choice um, over ice. And that's it. It's really simple. And it's freaking delicious. Oh, and my God. It's like, have one. Okay, you're probably going to be tipsy. <laughs> have two. <laughs> <laughs> like, you probably don't need to have more than three, Oh, okay. So Madison has made these for me on a few occasions. They're incredible, one. But I think that, okay, one night me and Madison had maybe three. I think we actually had four of these because we had the whole night to ourselves. I have told Madison things that I have never told anyone ever in my life <laughs> <laughs> because of these drinks. Okay. Like, I think we amazing. played like. Uh, we played some kind of game. I don't remember. Yeah, like but I do remember. Games. It was crazy questions. <laughs> They're That's so hilarious. good, though. Yeah, highly recommend. We need to, yeah, we need to rename them from Snowball into something like the Truth Tellers or something like yeah. that. Seriously, yeah. So now we're going to get into our discussion on Malibu Rising. Um, and we have quite a bit of characters in this one. <laughs> I mean, yes, I was not going to like, I was getting a little confused at one point. I was like, okay, Kit is the youngest. Okay. Nina's the old, like I was getting, yeah, I had to chart it out and figure out who is who. Yeah. So, um, but I, okay. One thing I'm going to say, I love the narrator. Like I love how this story is being narrated. I really like how it's told, like it follows the characters as they're going around. Like it's not just following Nina or it's not just following HUD. Like it's following each of them throughout the entire scene. Yeah. What is that called? Like second person, third person? Oh gosh, I don't remember. That's like high school stuff. I don't remember that. I think it's second person. <laughs> but yeah, like I love that we can see through all of their, like how they're feeling and stuff, but it's not confusing and it's not like a changing narrative. Yeah. Um yeah. guess we'll start by kind of talking about the family. Yeah. Um Who's your favorite character so far? Okay. So far, I really think my favorite character is Nina. Oh my god, same. But I mean, I don't know if that's just because we've seen her the most. But like right. she's a badass bitch. Yeah. Like I mean, she's the oldest. So Nina's the oldest. She's 25. She's a really great surfer. She is currently like going through a divorce. Her tennis pro husband left her for his mistress. Fresh. So she's kind of, you know, <laughs> going through a, yeah, a pretty hard time. And I think, yeah, I mean, I think that she takes it really well. I think she has like this motherly 
trait about her because she had to take care of her siblings at a young age, which we'll get into. But I, I don't know. I think like even now, though, that they're all kind of older, like Kit's the youngest and she's 20, that she's still trying to like protect everybody around her. Yeah, for sure. I think that Nina shows a lot of the classic characteristics of the oldest sibling. Like she's taking care of her siblings. She's always putting people ahead of her. Like you see that when she leaves her siblings to go meet the cleaning crew whenever they're all at the beach. Like, you know, that was one scene in the book that was just like, that shows yeah. who Nina is, her priorities. But I think that you also see Nina's characteristics reflected in the siblings because they just have so much respect for her. Like they love her and you can just see it in the way that they all treat each other. It's just such a sweet yeah. sibling relationship. So now let's talk about the youngest, uh, Kit, the other girl, sibling. Um, She's 20. And she's a little spitfire, isn't she? Yeah, she she is. (laughs) I like her, too. I do, too. I love her. I think she's, like, a little quirky. She's also uh, really into surfing. They all are. She's, like, the underdog surfer. Like, nobody's really taking her seriously. Like, she's the classic baby of the siblings. And she has the little sister. Yeah, like, she has all the talent that the rest of them do. Like, could even maybe become better than them. But I feel like they're not quite taking her seriously yet, you know? And she's, like, really innocent. She's never kissed a guy before. So I, I do see, like, I think her siblings have been really, really protective mm-hmm. over her over the years. For sure. For sure. And you see, like, in a lot of the scenes with her mom, which we'll get into, but whenever her mom starts getting a little bit heavier into alcoholism, I think that she just shows that she's going to speak her mind no matter what, like kids going to protect those around her. Not in the way that Nina does like Nina's the quiet caregiver, but kids going to like stand up for you and like talk, like give it to you straight. Like she's not going to beat around the bush. Like she's going to be honest. And I think they're very complimentary characters, Kit and Nina. Yeah. Cause where Nina is on the softer, more caring side. And yeah, like you said, Kit is going to speak her mind. Yeah. Um, so then we have the two middle siblings, the boys, Jay and Hud, Hudson. Um, they are 23 and Jay is like the best surfer out of the family. He's a, he's a professional. He's just kind of like your basic surfer dude. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. He's like got the charm. He's really... Like, I don't want to say popular because they kind of all are really famous, but. Right. Yeah. Like, he's just got that. Classic. I mean, they're the Reva family. They came from it. So, yeah. you know, their dad was a famous singer. So they've kind of been in the spotlight all their life. Yeah. Yeah. And he is like that. He cares about his siblings in a much more quiet way than Nina. Like, he doesn't really have any. Like, I don't want to say forefront role. Like he's not the one that's going to be upfront caring for you, but he's got their backs, you know, like he's the muscle. Right. Yeah. He would do anything for his family. Um, and then we have Hudson and he is kind of the smart sibling quote unquote. Um, he is a photographer. So he's really into photography and basically he follows jay around the world while he surfs and he photographs him so they're kind of like a team um that's kind of like mentioned they're close in age but we do learn that um hudson is actually the son of his father's mistress 
Carola. That or just, Carol. That yeah, Carola. Carola was our guest on our last podcast episode, <laughs> which you can check out on any listening device that you may be hearing on our Spotify account. Carola Lover interview with the wonderful, powerful author that she is. Thank you, listeners. <laughs> I mean, Carol. But no, okay, that scene really did throw me for a loop. Yeah. Yeah, it did me too. And I think like oh gosh, I don't know. The whole Carol dropping Hud off literally at June, who is their mother, June Reva, at her doorstep when he was a baby. Wow. I think it just showed like how strong June was to do that and to love him like she loved him. Agreed. I don't think that June got the best background, like in my opinion. Like she she was definitely this strong force of a woman, but you don't see that because she's completely drawn to Mick. And like, even though Mick left her all those times, she just would do anything he said, you know, like anytime he came back to her, she was going to be there. And you don't see that strength in her because of Mick, but then she had enough strength within herself to take another woman's child and raise it as her own, you know, like that's not something. Yeah. And love it like her own. Yeah. So from June and Mick's side, we're seeing that happen back in 1956. And then uh, from the sibling side is present day. So they're pretty small um, when we're hearing from like June and Mick's side. But yeah, I agree that June, she is kind of looked at as this sad woman whose husband is a famous singer and basically is touring the world and leaving her at home with all his kids. And yeah, like he comes in and out of their lives several times. I don't know. I just, I I see June as the same way, like a strong woman who was trying to do what was best for her family, for her kids. Yeah. And I think it was so sweet that she really did get what she wanted. You know, like she always, I'm so sorry if y'all can hear my cat in the background. She is definitely in heat. She is just running this household right now. So you hear the meowing. (laughs) That's sweet, easy. But I really loved how June kind of did get what she always wanted. You know, she always talked about having her kids in the house and the double sink. And I just think that she wanted a family. And even though she didn't have Mick, she had her children above all. Like she was raising those kids as like in the best way that she could. And she just got so wrapped up in Mick that it kind of all started to fall apart. And then she got a job at the restaurant and it was really sad to kind of watch her downfall. Yeah. And I think like it's, it's crazy to see how similar her and Nina, the oldest is. Yeah. Um, Because like June, when she was young, um, like 17 is when we first see her in mixed relationship start. She wants to be famous. Uh, She wants to be in the spotlight. She wants a lot of money and her family owned like a seafood restaurant and she did not want that future for herself and it ends up with Mick leaving her and that's exactly where she found herself was owning that restaurant and having to take it over when her mom died and then when June dies and Nina is forced with the same thing she 
didn't want that restaurant, but she had to take it over for her family. So it's kind of just crazy to see. And then like June dealing with like the infidelity and then Nina's husband leaving her. It's kind of just like they're in almost like the same shoes, the same kind of troubles in their life, I guess. Yeah. And like June grew up looking at her mom being like, I am not going to end up like her. Like my life is going to be different. And she kind of ended up in the same exact spot. And then she was like, my daughter is not going to end up like this. And then of course, like Nina is right there where she was, you know, it's kind of just this cycle of, you know, like they're trying to avoid it so much and they're fighting it so much, but there it is. Yeah. And like, we even see from like Jay or HUD's point of view, I can't remember. Um, but them thinking, Oh, about HUD. Um, when he was thinking about Mick, like he was thinking, is that part of my dad that makes him a horrible person inside of me? Like, do I get some of those same traits because he wants to be more presentable guy than his dad was? I think it was really honorable how the kids, even from such a young age, could see the problems with both of their parents. Like they knew that their relationship with their dad was not normal. You know, like their dad being out and gone and not being in their lives and being with all these other women and all that. Like, that's not normal. And that's not how a dad should be. And then their mom drinking all the time. Like she was doing her absolute best that she could in that time, but they knew it wasn't right. Yeah. So um, where we pick up next is going to be, they are going hosting, um, the annual Riva party, which is like apparently the best party in town that anybody has ever been to. Everybody that is anybody goes to this party and it's apparently like this big blowout bash every year. Heck yeah. That sounds like a good time. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be at Nina's house and we already know by like the background and the synopsis of the book that some shit's gonna hit the fan (laughs) yeah it tells you in the very first chapter like the first little um pages in the book it says that the big fire of i think it was like 1980 something i don't remember the exact year but it was like the big fire in malibu started at the party at the reva's house and so you know that this party ends in devastation and something's going down we just don't know what it is yet yeah and i can't wait to see And, I mean, they are, like, all kind of holding, I guess, some secrets from each other. Like, we know that HUD is sleeping with Jay's ex-girlfriend. Oh, I cannot wait until that comes to light. Because they are Not just sleeping with, but, like, in love with. And he was sleeping with her while they were together. Yeah. that's going to be a big thing. That's not the best. Like, that's not good. But I do hope that it all works out. I mean, really, all we've seen from them is a sex scene. So, I guess, like, we don't know that much about their characters. But... He does seem to really, really love her and care about her and vice versa. So I'm kind of rooting for them. But then at the same time, I'm like, "Mm, you like helped your current girlfriend cheat on her ex-boyfriend who's your brother. Like, "Mm." well, technically half brother, but I guess that doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so predictions. What do you predict is going to happen? Oh, I think Nina's ex-husband, like, I think something's going to happen with that because he hasn't really been 
Like, we haven't seen him at all. And I could be totally wrong, but I think that could be an interesting turn the book could take because all we've done is talk about her ex-husband, but we've never seen him. We don't know anything about him. So uh, he seems like an asshole. So I could totally see him being an asshole and showing up to the party, you know? Okay. Showing up to his house. But if not, I also think that... Ashley Hudson's girlfriend, Jay's ex-girlfriend is going to be there for sure. Like she's going to show up. I think that mm-hmm. is not going to go well. Um, I think that Jay is going to absolutely lose his shit. As far yeah. as like the actual fire, I feel like something's going to happen. Like the bonfire on the beach, like maybe some dunes are going to catch on fire and like people, I don't know. Like I really, don't know enough about the party to be able to speculate the fire because we don't know anything about it so far. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that, I don't know. I think Kit's like something big is going to happen with Kit because up until now, none of her siblings have really taken her seriously. She hasn't really been able to play a part. And I think there's going to be some tension with her and her siblings because of that. Like, I think she's going to have her moment of being like, Hey, you know what? Screw you guys because you don't see me for who I can be. Yeah. But okay. they yeah. also all like have that. really good relationships, so they could just like work it all out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? I happen? think that something is gonna happen to Nina. Um, I think something maybe where she dies. Oh Jesus. And the only reason I think that is because I feel like we've gotten so many similarities between her and her mom. Mm. And so I'm scared that, you know, something is going to blow up and or something's like going to happen and she's going something's bad is going to happen to Nina. Well, in the book they said something about like the four of them not being all together again, right? Like yeah, I think so. Like something, I remember it said something like foreboding and scary. And I don't remember yeah. exactly what the line was, but it was just. They like, didn't you know. know that it was the last time they'd all four be together. So I don't remember, yes. but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think that is going to have, that's definitely my big prediction. I do think that Jay and Hud are going to get in a fight about his girlfriend or whatever. Um, I think Kit is possibly going to. Not only kiss a boy, she might lose her virginity. I don't know. Who knows? I'm kind of rooting for Kit over here. Okay? I'm rooting for Kit. (laughs) (laughs) Team Kit. So, I don't know. Something, or maybe something more sinister than that happens to her, but I hope not. Yeah, I think that, oh, and I think that HUD is going to end up possibly meeting his birth mom. Oh, I totally forgot about Carol. Yes, yes. Because, like, I know that scene that I was talking about where he was comparing himself to his dad. I know he was, like, wondering about what traits he got from his mom. So, I don't know. I feel like maybe something might happen with his birth mom as well. Yeah, I I think that's a good point. I want to... I want to say like Jay and Hud's conflict may have something to do with Nina getting hurt almost. Like I think it's going to backfire. Like up until now we've had such good chemistry and relationships and like love between all four of the siblings. And I feel like that's about to just fall apart. Yeah. Like something's coming. Yeah. And something bad is happening. Could be. Who knows? Here we go. I'm so excited. But those are definitely my predictions. And I did want to say 
did you know that there is a playlist on Spotify for Malibu Rising? Like, it's a Malibu Rising playlist on Spotify. What? Not kidding. It's a you can find it on Taylor Jenkins read Taylor Jenkins reads Instagram. Okay, and I'm about to like go listen to whole, it. I'm serious. Like for everybody, go listen to it. It's so good. And I can definitely, I don't know, get the vibes of it being in Malibu and watch it and like listen to the waves. And I think it's like spot on. It's pretty yes. freaking cool. I kind of, I low-key hope that that Miley Cyrus song, Malibu, is on it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember all the ones that's on there, but I listened to a few of them and it was pretty good. I'll for sure go because I really think I'm about to finish recording this with you and then go sit back on my couch, put on the Spotify playlist and keep reading and finish the book tonight because hey, it is yeah. amazing. It's so good. Yeah. So we'll be on our next episode. We will let you know if our predictions come true because the last book they did not come true <laughs> oh, we were so off like so which i mean so i guess that's the sign of a good thriller is like you can't predict it you know yeah okay yeah that's true that's yeah yeah really true. okay alexis so give us your recipe for the week and what you've been cooking okay yeah i've been um really struggling with recipes because this whole switch to the gluten-free life has been very um, interesting in my household because I have, am having to eat gluten-free, but Tim and Bethany are not gluten-free. So I'm kind of having to make this hybrid shopping list for me and my two roommates. But one of my favorite foods has always been sandwiches. Like I know that's so weird. It's like the most lame food ever, but I just love a good like club sandwich. Love them. They're so good, especially like the McCall. I love a good one. club. Yes. Yeah, love a good club. I just, they're amazing. So I was really craving a club sandwich. And so I got on Pinterest to see if there were any good gluten-free options. And I saw that a lot of people were doing a lettuce wrap version. And so I just got like a big head of lettuce, turkey, ham, cheese, like whatever cheese is your preference. I just got American because I'm boring. And bacon. And then I got this, I wanted to add like a little kick to it. So I got this jalapeno ranch dressing from Lighthouse, which is the brand, but you know, whatever you prefer. I liked the jalapeno ranch and I just took the lettuce, laid it out. And then in the like butt of the lettuce, like how it curves up, I rolled up some ham, switched to turkey, ham, turkey, ham, turkey, ham, and kind of like laid it out. And then I laid strips of bacon on top of that. I sliced up a tomato laid the tomato on top and then I put more bacon and then I put more ham and let or ham and turkey and then I just kind of like layered it to preference and then I set another um lettuce thing on top of it and then like in between the lettuce and the top layer I just put a little bit of that jalapeno ranch on there just to give it like a little kick it was honestly so good it was really messy it was really messy because I did not think about the fact that I was putting literal dressing on a club sandwich. And so <laughs> it just like it started leaking, but it was good. I'm going to put less dressing and like more probably tomato. The tomato was really good on there, but it was so good. And then I just did like some sweet potato tots from Alexia that you that can buy at Walmart. So they were fantastic and it was just like a good yeah. little gluten-free yummy lunch and like no there wasn't bread 
but it was still really good. That sounds so freaking good. Yes. What did you eat, Madison? Have I given my um, monkey bread recipe before? Oh, my remember? God, no. But I just have seen you make your monkey bread, and I need you to tell me about it. Okay. So, then I'm giving my monkey bread recipe this week. I don't, so, this I don't think you have. I don't think I have either. If you've already given it, I'm sorry to our listeners. We're going to talk about it again because we have a lot of new followers. I can't remember. Wow, that's bad. Maybe we should have like noted and written down the recipes we've talked about so we remember. Okay, so note for in the future. I think I actually have a spreadsheet that I just never filled out and I'm going to start documenting like our drinks and our recipes (laughs) on it. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, the monkey bread, bread, it's definitely worth a second um, listen or a second time if you haven't heard it before. So this is something that I love to make mostly when during like fall or um, honestly anytime. It's the best freaking dessert. You need like either two big cans of biscuits or four of like the small cans um, and basically cut them up into fours. Or just pull apart the pieces, really, however you want to do it. Um, I take a bunt pan. I guess you don't really have to, but you kind of need a bunt pan for the overall look of the actual monkey bread. Because it makes it into like a dome. But I seriously got mine for like three bucks at Dollar General. And it's the best damn thing I've ever used. And you can use it for all kinds of things. So, anyway. Anyway, you take some brown sugar and then regular granulated sugar. Mix it all together. Also take some melted butter. um, Tear up your biscuits. Cut them into four. And take the biscuit dough. Put it in the brown sugar and regular sugar mix. And coat it really, really good. And then just throw it in your bunt pan all over. It doesn't have to be layered or anything. When it bakes, it's going to be nice and pretty anyways. And once you have it about halfway done, once you've used half of your biscuits, take a half a stick of melted butter or a full stick. Um, I use like a full stick half and then like a full stick over the top. So I use a lot of butter, but you can use less butter if you want it to be, um, I don't know, I guess a little more healthy. I'm not sure how much healthy, healthier it would be, but it might save you a few calories. But anyway, um, a stick of melted butter, pour over the top, and then put more of your biscuit pieces covered in um, brown sugar and the sugar mix on top of that. And then over the top of all of it, do another stick of melted butter. Put it in the oven at 375 for about 15 minutes um i don't really know exactly how long i think that's about right just watch it until it gets really golden brown also make sure you spray your bunt pan really really good before because when you pull it out of the oven you flip it over and then it's just going to be a really pretty um circle dome on top and so once you add the butter and it just kind of makes a sticky kind of sauce over the top because it mixes with all that brown sugar and regular sugar and it's just it's delicious i have a picture on our instagram i think you made it 
whenever you first moved into your house down in Mobile. I think you made it for me then. And like I came over and saw the house and you had the monkey bread. Oh my gosh. It was so good. (laughs) And it's so good. It's so good as a dessert. And when you do the biscuit pieces, it's just so easy to like pull apart. And it's also really good like in the morning with your coffee or on the go. I literally eat it all the time. It's my boyfriend's favorite thing that I make. So Yes. And you too can make these wonderful and delicious recipes if you visit our website at www.booksbitesfoos.com and click on our blog because we post all of our recipes on our blog. Yes, our drink recipes, cocktail recipes, our interviews with our authors, all of our book reviews, all of that is on our website, www.booksbitesfoos.com. Which is such a cute website that Madison made for us. Thank you, Madison. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. Ha- happy to be happy to be here. Happy to be using our degrees <laughs> and doing what we like to do. <laughs> um. Anyway, I think that about wraps us up for this episode. We will be back in about a week or two with part two yeah. of Malibu Rising to let you know if our predictions came true. Um, we will also have new cocktail recipes and dinner recipes for you as well. Yes. And we'll be announcing what book we'll be reading after Malibu rising in the next episode as well. Yes. Yes. So excited. So thanks for listening and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at books, bites, booze, and check out our website at the link in our bio on our Instagram account. Yeah. We can't wait to keep bringing you guys exciting content we hope that more exciting things are coming so um yeah yeah. thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next time see you next time Bye. bye guys